following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. No idea what we're going to talk about. We're going off script. We haven't done this in three weeks. I was going to say, do these microphones still work? I, everything's all dusty. <laughs> going to take look at that. I, I can write my name in this I thing. Know, right I got to clean this thing. Wow, look Goodness at that. gracious. This is the Intentional Foul. We are back for at least the start of the summer. Who knows when we'll be back after this. But we got a good idea in the pipeline. Thanks to you. We'll talk about that afterwards. Um... As much as we want to say that a lot has happened since we last talked, not much has. No. I mean, there's been like one thing per team that we cover, and that's been about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Bucks getting knocked out early. Yep. You know, before June baseball, which is kind of meh. Right. And the, the drama-free Packers... There's not a lot to talk about. Not really. It's crazy. Well, now the now Rogers has been kind of replaced by Bakhtiari. Well, but Rogers is doing his best to still keep his name in in the uh, really forefront of Packer fans. Really minds. is. He's doing his best. Really is. Uh-huh. Um, the Bears now might not be looking at Arlington and might be looking somewhere else. I don't know whether that's going to happen. I, I feel like if there's a lot of disinformation and a lot of cat and mouse and you know that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, I don't even, I mean, the Brewers have the most players on the injured list in Major League Baseball, and they're still managing to which win is, some games. Which is weird, because it's like, who? 14, last I checked. <laughs> I know. 14. I know, I was trying to run through it with my head, and I'm like, Woodruff, Mitchell, Urias, Taylor? I, I guess maybe some, uh, Miley, but maybe some bullpen guy. I was like coming up way shorter than 14. Yeah, uh, no, there's been there's been a lot of infielders. There's been a lot of outfielders. There's been a lot of pitchers. Catcher seems to be right now yeah. the only position that has not been affected. Yeah. Um, and they're rolling through first baseman like nobody's business. Uh, that's been just kind of a revolving door behind Telez. They're looking for a reliable backup, and they haven't really found one. Then they get this rough guy off the scrap heap, and he immediately gets hurt. Um, yeah, that, well, there's another guy I didn't after, think of. After Luke Voigt's uh, chest hairs got DFA'd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll kind of just jump around, and we'll see if we even get an hour. We may only get 20, 30 minutes. Um, we said that last time, and we I ended know. up going like a buck ten. That's so. true. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want – I mean, you want to start with football? Sure. Um, I, I, there's not much to talk about with the Packers. I mean, there's OTAs. Everybody seems to be, I don't want to say happy, but content that Rodgers isn't there because everybody on the Packers media always asks all the receivers and Lafleur and everybody, like, what's the difference between Rodgers and now Love running the show? And everybody basically says it's not really any different. I would say, like, I don't know, 15 years because that's the difference, right? Well, not only that, but... Rodgers wouldn't normally be here anyway the last few years, so they're already used to this. Yeah. They're used to love running the show at this time of year. Exactly. 
So he's doing what he always does. Mandatory minicamp's going to be different. Training camp's going to be different. Talk to me then. Talk to me in a month, month and a half. What did you think of the Bakhtiari comments about the Packers being in a rebuilding mode? I mean, I think he's got a point where it's, whereas you say you move on from a Hall of Fame quarterback, but that's one position. There hasn't, well, I take that back. You lose Lazard, that's kind of big. Cobb, nah. Mercedes Lewis, nah. But, I mean, your offensive line is basically back. Almost all of your entire defense is back, except for uh, Adrian Amos. So, I mean, if you're really looking at the quarterback position as one, is that's your key to a rebuilding? If that's the definition you're hanging on? I mean, I don't really think so. It's just new leadership. It's new era. It's new regime, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it's rebuilding. It's not necessarily reloading. Seems like a lot of people were mad at him, though, for saying that. Like, like it's insulting yeah yeah like what almost kind of like we don't rebuild we reload and it's like well you don't really though no i mean i don't know i mean i it it you can't it it's it's kind of it's it's kind of what a lot of teams are trying to do these days is trying to rebuild on the fly rebuild while still competing Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but it's it it seems like for the packers like we've talked about i think this team has got a lot of talent on it, and I think if on the quarterback paper. plays par, not 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 over over what you estimate him to be, but not suck, if he's just fine, mm-hmm. I think they got a chance to have a pretty good season. Uh, but you know, he could also play like a guy that started two and a half games, and he could play like he played about guys yeah. Kansas City last year yeah. when he didn't play that well. And all the coaches took all the responsibility for it, which okay, fine, they're supposed to do. But I guess, but asking these guys, it's stupid. Like you said, it's stupid. It's it's June fifth. Like right. none of this is gay. We're all running around in shorts and t shirts. Like this means nothing. We're not hitting you. We're not. You know, it's everybody's looking to ball hawk. You're not running the ball between the tackles. Right. You know, doing that sort of stuff. So. And, but this is where we are at, I think, in most of sports is we need to rush to get a verdict or a rush to get a judgment or a rush to say that, you know, here's our here's our final opinion on this. Nothing's been decided. Why are, why are we in a hurry? Why can't we just say, we don't know yet? It's the 24-7 sports cycle that we live in where it's like I ha- we have to we have to just churn out and almost create these stories yeah. and narratives. Why do we need a decision right now on how good he is? Because what what they're really waiting for is for Romeo Dobbs to say, oh, Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers, and oh, man, he throws a better deep ball. Or, oh, man, we really miss Aaron. Like, that's what they're waiting for. Like They just want the clip. They just, yeah. Want somebody to stumble up like, oh, see, told you. Exactly. That's what you guys do in the media, Mr. Goldberg. Appreciate you grouping me in there. Skip (laughs) Goldberg. Other than that, honestly, a lot uh, from that's had been happening in Green Bay. I'm not even following. They got OTAs. They got mandatory minicamp, I think, in in two weeks, and then they're going to break for a month, month and a half. And I and I won't I won't even think about it. I, I mean, I really won't. Can we talk about the Rodgers thing just because it's freaking hilarious? Of course. So it comes out that he wanted Gudikins fired. Yes. And he had his agent tell Mark Murphy this. Yes. And the it's 
basically all but been confirmed that this happened. And then Aaron Rodgers is asked about it and says, you'll have to ask my agent. <laughs> well, what are we going to – What? why don't we just ask you since you're the one that supposedly Requested directed that. this yes. to happen? Yep. Um, then there was the comment about someone asking him about being at OTAs this year with the Jets and not being there the last couple of years with the Packers. And he basically shrugged his shoulders and said, well, I won two MVPs. And you wonder, as a Packer fan, why the outside world and the rest of us have been telling you what a bad leader he is. Mm -hmm. Because if your go-to when questioned is about what you did, well, you're you're done. You, You have no shot. Well, I thought it was interesting that he also added, well, I think when you have a bunch of new teammates that you got to get acclimated to and get on the same page with them, like, what about the yeah, three about receivers all these rookies, that you were just, that they wanted to get yeah. in sync with you, like, that that doesn't count? The tight ends that you know, they're if you're getting, the, the running backs? If, if you're there in OTAs and all the way through, maybe... Christian Watson doesn't drop that pass in Minnesota in week one, and maybe your season's completely different because he wasn't shitting his pants as he's running down the field looking at this going, Aaron Rodgers is throwing me a touchdown, Aaron Rodgers is throwing me a touchdown, and I I just crapped him. So, I don't know. This is going to be a cartoon for those of us who have hated Rodgers for years to watch this and to watch him take these passive-aggressive LeBron-like shots at the Packers all year long. because And again, because they're not going to stop asking him the questions. And he can't help himself. He's going to answer them. I earned a little bit, or I, I should say I, I got a little bit more respect for Murphy after that for saying, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're not running my team. Right. That No way. So good for him. Uh, and then for Gutekunst, I don't know whether it trickled down to him, whether Murphy told him that, like, hey, Roger's agent just called. He wants you fired. Like, that has to And then to they have... chuckled. Right. Yeah. And then after that, Gudekin still signs him to an extension. Right. Still works with him. Right. Yeah. I mean, that... For him in that spot, I get it. You're in a tough place. This guy clearly hates me. Doesn't like the job that I'm doing, but my best interest is for the team, and right now the team's best interest is for that guy to be quarterback. Whether he hates me, whether I don't like him or not, we got to get this done. That, to me, again, more points to that dude for even keeping himself in that toxic situation, trying to make it be for the betterment of the team. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't think Gudikins has done a far and away awesome, excellent job by any stretch of the imagination, but for having to, like, sit in that situation and look around and be like, what am I just putting myself through? Yeah, it sucks. It does. You know? It reminds me of the story they've been going around this playoff run in the NBA about um, the first year LeBron and his people went in, the first year he was on Miami, um, when they were struggling early on, they went into, he went into Pat Riley's office and demanded Spolster be fired. And Pat Riley told him, to get the hell out of his office, you play, I run the team. And they didn't fire Spolster, and they went to four finals and won two of them, and he's taken Miami to two cents. So, you know, sometimes these guys that run teams, you know, you 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 want to keep your stars happy, but there's a limit. And that limit is you're not going to tell me who I employ. 
and you know Murphy is not the Packer owner, and Riley is not the Miami owner, but they might as well be because they run the teams. They don't. They might not sign the check. Well, in Murphy's case, he might, but you know. So yeah, it says a lot about those guys as leaders that they that they stand behind their guy, and then you know. Gudikins and Spolster, yeah, they got to eat shit for a little bit until they win. Right. You know, and Spolster won, and then he didn't have to eat it anymore. Gudikins has got to eat it right now with where he is and picking Jordan Love and all of that, and you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to take the arrows right now. Right. You just do. And, you know, until you until you win a Super Bowl with Jordan Love as your quarterback, you're, you're you know, you're married to this. Oh, absolutely. It, it, what, for better guy. or worse. Yep. You're married to it, and if it doesn't work out here and you get a job somewhere else, first thing that's going to be on your byline is that. Well, you drafted Jordan Love because you thought he was going to be better than Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Okay, tell us how that went. So, <laughs> right? Good luck. All right, so where are the Bears building a new stadium? Right where they always were, probably, I think. It's political posturing. That's my opinion of it. But they already own. Oh, so so they're going to still be in Arlington. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. They're just going to leverage this. Of course, this is what this is how this stuff gets done. This is how you save money. This is how you get taxpayers to pay for part of your stuff. Man, this is how these these games work, man. It's dirty business. It is like piece of shit sort yeah. of stuff. It's bad. It's dirty business. I mean, I you want to pay for your own stadium primarily? That's great because most owners don't want to do that. And most clubs don't want to do that. But if you ask for stuff like sewers and infrastructure yeah. and road and stuff like that, that, to me, doesn't seem like all that big of an ask. Well, yeah, but the, the taxpayer that has to fund that. For sure. You know, that's that's who you got to you got to go through, or these elected people got to figure out a way to to get around it. But but when I heard Naperville, I don't know anything about Naperville. I don't either. I just know it's not off of a really big main drag. Like, this seems like it'd be almost harder to get to than Soldier Field. Like, you're going to go into, like, through people's neighborhoods and stuff. Well, it's one of those negotiation tactics, and I'm in sales, so I deal with this a lot, where, like, the the customer, who I think in this case would be considered the Bears, mm-hmm. they got to get something. It's not good enough that, I, that I'm getting what I wanted from you who's selling it to me, you also got to give me something else. Throw me in a kicker. So I feel good. That That's what people, oh, don't, why don't you make me feel good about this purchase? What do you want, a fucking back rub? Like, I'm not your therapist. You wanted to buy this thing. We're selling it to you. You want to build your stadium here. We're allowing you to. I shouldn't have to, like, then give you more, you know, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's a tax break, whether it's like they're doing in Janesville with, with the ice cream where yep. we're going to sell you the land for a dollar, like, all that kind of stuff goes into the inner workings of this these uh, these stadium deals, and you know, th- there's not a lot of Stan Kroenke's out there that just, oh, okay, I'm just going to buy this giant chunk of land in L.A. and then I'm going to build the biggest stadium of all time, and I'm just going to pay for it. There's just not a lot of those guys or Jerry Jones. I, it's just it's it's like so. <laughs> okay, so you say you're not going to use that? Then what are you going to do with it? You just bought it, right? What, well, it's, it's, what are you going to do? Build your practice facility there now? Right, like, what are you going to do? Three hundred and twenty-six <laughs> acres. When you're already upset about the, the about the property tax assessment, you're still going to stay there, but you're not going to use it as your main. Like, I, really? Right. Come on, it's posturing. This is what these guys do. They live for it. This is what lawyers and all those kind of people live for. How'd you like to be an alderman in some of those places oh. and have to hear from well, you've your already, residents? You, you already drip with slime. 
Oh, being in just being there and having that job. It's Chicago, man. Chicago suburbs. Oh man, there's Have some fun with there's that. some backroom deals done down there, boy. <laughs> Woo. Anything else going? I haven't read anything about the Bears OTAs well, or well, like like you said about the guys ball hawking. Uh, Fields threw a pick the other day that was intercepted by the kid they drafted this year from yeah. Miami. The D back sounds right. Um, so everybody was really excited about that kid getting a pick, but really concerned that Field Justin threw Fields threw a pick and a rookie got it. It's like it's OTAs. <laughs> You're not running the ball. No, like, like they're they're anticipating you passing all the time. Yes. Settle but down. I don't know Settle what. Settle down. But no, other than that, uh, not really much going on in the NFL, and a, a rare kind of quiet time for that league. NBA kind of they're kind of allowing the NBA to have their little moment with the finals right now, even uh, even though it's not a really exciting finals. But yeah, pretty quiet in football. Mm-hmm. Just. Not a lot going on. Hopkins got cut Saw from that. Arizona. Um, and immediately everybody's on the Packers wire. Here's reasons why they won't go after him, and here's reasons why they cut I'm like, they're not. No. No, he's probably no. a one-year flyer kind of guy anyway. And and guys like that, typically, if they have their choice, they're going to try to go to somewhere that's going to win right now, Buffalo, Miami, you know, something like that. Um, but. It's always a red flag for me when you've got somebody of that caliber and on a bad team and they just get rid of him. Like, what is that? What are you telling me? Right. You know, because you see him every day. Is there a, is there a little bit of a step lost? Is there a little bit less separation on his cuts? Because I think he's 29, 30 roughly, so he's kind of at that age for a wide receiver where it can kind of go one of two ways. Like, you're either you either fall off the cliff or you kind of plateau for a little bit before you fall off. So, weirdly, I heard New England a lot for him. That's not shocking. Um, because I suppose that's what they do. Maybe they could overpay because they need somebody for Mac Jones. But and they have they always have that reclamation sort of a project where they it's do. like, okay, well, you can revive your career. Belichick will find a way to get every last ounce out of you. Right. That's possible. So. But no, that's that's about it for football. All right, uh, I did hear some news about Keanu with the Steelers. Uh, he was going to try to get away uh, this week, but I guess Tomlin wanted him working with um, was it Cameron Jordan on the defensive mm-hmm. line? Is that? I think and yep, yeah, yep. he wanted to do some extra work with him. So, uh, at the, but apparently he's sliding in very well, and um, good for him. They're, that's they're, cool. They're, they're really liking some stuff down there. So cool. So that's that, that's kind of neat. Uh, let's. Slide into the NBA Finals. You talked about that. I've watched a couple minutes here and there, but since the Bucks, you know, were out, I kind of lose interest. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people who have their teams eliminated are kind of in the same way. Unless you're really a basketball diehard fan or a fan of one of these other teams. Um, I mean, have you? Are you all in on it? Or are you passively paying attention? Uh, it's been hard for me the last month uh, because. Specifically in the conference finals with Boston, Miami, the Lakers, oh and Denver. God. I hate three of those teams. Right. Um, Denver's the only Denver's one. Denver's the only with. one that I'm fine with. And then the finals, uh, you know, with Denver and Miami. Game one wasn't very good. Uh, game two wasn't very good for a while. Denver completely took their foot off the gas, let Miami back in the game, and they stole one. Um, it, it reminded me of games four and five in the Buck series, honestly. I mean, it wasn't 
like a panic choke job like the Bucks had at the end of those games, but you know, letting up a little bit and and the Heat the Heat play hard and they continue to have these guys playing out of their minds. And I mean, I it's you have an 82 game sample size. They're the lowest scoring team in the league and they're the worst shooting three-point team in the league. And now we've got a sample size of like 18 games here in the playoffs where they're shooting almost 50% from three. Um, so I don't really know what to make of this. It's I've been trying to figure out, like, what does this remind me, like this run in sports? Um, you know, the lowest seeded team to ever win a title was the 95 Rockets. They were a six seed. and But they were the defending champions, and they made a midseason trade and got tr- Clyde Drexler. So they weren't your typical six seed with a top 50 all-time player in Drexler and a top 15 all-time player in Olajua. A little different. Um, you had the 99 Knicks were an eight seed. They made the finals, but that was a strike year, shortened year. Um, the only one I can kind of come up with to parallel this in recent memory is 2019 Toronto. Kawhi Leonard... And Siakam were the two best guys on that team. I, you kind of get that feel with Butler and Bam. Um, Kyle Lowry's been on both teams, and then you just got a bunch of other dudes who are just kind of playing out of their minds. There's a guy who's been leading them in scoring, and I don't even recognize his name. Caleb Martin. No. Uh, Gabe Vincent. Yes. Yeah. Where, I mean, who's he, and where did he come from? Uh, he went to like Long Beach State. Really? Yeah. Uh, Caleb okay. Martin, I think, went to like Nevada. Was on was on Charlotte for the past couple years, doing nothing. Um, How are they able to put all this together? Th- that's that's the crazy part. I mean, it, it's it's kind of inexplicable, man. I mean, it, it, you know, and even that Toronto comparison's a stretch because that Toronto team had some vets. They had Ibaka, they had Gasol, they had Kawhi, Lowry in his prime, like. That was a really good team. This Miami team, Bam and Jimmy are really good. Everybody else is just a guy, but they're playing like all stars and they're really confident. the The three point shot changes everything. When you're making them, you can beat anybody, and they've been making them. And I think that some pretty poor defense has been played all playoff long throughout the league. And I think that has allowed a team like Miami to get hot and go on this run. I mean, Miami shouldn't have been the eight seed. Um, when you have two guys like Butler and Adebayo who are both top 20 guys in the league, um, they probably should have been more towards the four or the five in reality. But they are the eight. It is what it is. Um, were they the eight or the nine in the play-in? Well, they were the seven. Or the, yeah, the and then they and lost, right, yes. and then they had, had to, to win, win, which got them to be the eight. Wow. Um, but at the end of the day, with Miami, um, there's kind of been a running joke in the basketball community ever since the bubble, and it was this, they, they, they call it heat culture. <clears throat> it's real. It's real. And, you know, I was trying to think about a way for us to talk about this, on the show because it's something that you and I have talked about many times in the car rides back and forth yes. to these high school games that we do. And, and it's relatable to them and it's relatable to 
really every level, college and pro. And the way Miami goes about their business as a franchise is a real tangible thing. I told the story about LeBron wanting Spolster fired. Riley wasn't going to put up with that shit. Pat Riley throughout his career since he left the Lakers, so his career with the Knicks and with Miami, it's very much like Belichick. They find these guys, these cast, uh, John Starks, Anthony Mason, P.J. Brown, um, Anthony Carter, Birdman, uh, Norris Cole, like these guys that end up being on really, really good or championship-level teams who everybody in the league had a chance to have all these guys for nothing. Nobody wanted them. And Miami's getting them into their program, and you, it, 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 it reminds you a lot of what New England did with the way they operate. Miami hasn't had the year-after-year year championship success like the Patriots have, but just the ability to find these guys and implement them into what you do and get them to buy in. And you see that. I mean, Kevin Love has never been a defensive player throughout his whole career. Basically mailed it in in Cleveland the last couple of years. Gets released. Goes down to Miami. And all of a sudden he's taking charges and, and is a very, very effective defensive player. And is the main reason why they won the game last night. It was a huge reason why they beat the Bucks in the first round. He was left for dead. Anybody in the league could have had him three months ago. And he ends up in Miami. You know, Shaq famously, one of the reasons he got traded out of Miami was because he didn't want to have to take these fitness tests that Miami is famous for. <laughs> they measure your body fat. You have to make certain weights. And if oh. you don't, you get monetarily penalized. And he was fine with it early on, but as he got older, he fought it, and they shipped his ass out. And But that's it's all part of the culture. You know, if you're going to be there... And you're going to be on Jimmy Butler's team. He's going to yell at you. But nobody plays harder than that guy does. And he does what they're asking all of you to do. And when your best guy does that, it's easy for everybody else to fall in line. And, you know, I I was on John Barry's show the other day. We mm-hmm. talked about this a little bit with the Badgers and some of the frustration Badger fans have with the program. Well, but... You the culture there has been built. You do things a certain way there. You play a certain style. You recruit a certain kid. As long as the people at the top are going to continue to be there, that's your culture. Right. So if you want the culture to change, you got to change the coaches. And I really don't think you should change the coaches because you're Wisconsin. You're not supposed to win the national title ever. You're not certainly not supposed to go to a bunch of Final Fours. You're not Duke. You're not Kansas. Like, that's your culture. And like I said, we've talked about this many many a road trip. And, you know, I talk about my experiences playing for, for Coach Suter at Craig. And, you know, you were around the girls program at Parker a lot during the yep. 90s when your cousin played under, under Claw. And, you know, and, it, and it, we're not just referring to the four local teams that we cover here. This is just kind of a universal thing. There's just, there's just a lot of doing whatever on these teams and you know people could say well you know they're kids and it's supposed to be fun and you know you can't tell them what to do because the parents will do this and that and it's <laughs> like well then then you shouldn't be the coach if you can't get that stuff done and and it's just little stuff it's you know with us it was you didn't have facial hair your haircut was above the ears 
We didn't wear a bunch of accessories. Nobody, nobody, you didn't, you didn't have an earring. Nobody had the knee high socks. Nobody wore an undershirt. Nobody had the the spandex that went just over your knee for some reason. I still don't know what they do. <laughs> nobody had that shit, and that's not why we won, and that's not why we were successful. But it's about it's about a togetherness and and everybody pulling in the same direction, right? And and I think when you boil it down, really there's two ways to win. You have all the talent or the best talent, and you just overwhelm your opponents. And obviously at a, at a high school level and a college level, it's much easier to do that than the pro level. But we have seen it at the pro level with some teams. And the other way is to have some kind of a culture. And, you know, Miami, I and most people in, that follow the NBA – the last four years have wanted to kind of poo-poo these guys, but the fact of the matter is, in the last four years, they've been in three Eastern Conference finals and two finals. It, it, you know, it, it facts over feelings, man. It, it, they're facts. That just is what it is. I don't have to. I, I don't like it, but Miami's in the finals again. The series is tied one-one. Um. It's a best of five series now, and they got home court. I'm sh- it's it's shocking where this is. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I okay. got on the finals. Uh, quick notes on the new Bucks coach. Uh, I was a little surprised, but uh, you know, I was talking to Bear a little bit, and I don't, and it sounded like you didn't even get to that when you were on his show last week. Uh, and I didn't text you, even though I should have, because I wanted your opinion on it, but how much of this do you think was Giannis and how much of it was the front office? Like what, what are the percent percentages what do you on, mean? on an influence? Like Giannis says, I want this guy. And Horst would say, well, we're kind of leaning towards the other, uh, the other way. And Giannis said, no, 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 this is the guy. I want this guy. And did they bend? Like, how do you think that uh, whole scenario played out? I think Giannis is probably around maybe 30%. Okay. 25, 30%. Okay. I think they would weigh his say. Um, let me just say, I love the hire. Okay. Um, I think that Giannis had a lot of success with Bud. Giannis and Bud got along well. But I don't think they really had much of a relationship outside of basketball. And you have to remember, you kind of have to remember Giannis's story here mm-hmm. a little bit. When he came over, he had John Hammond, the general manager at the time, and he had Larry Drew his first year as, as a, a, a player in the NBA. And they were terrible that year. But Larry Drew was a former player. He had kids Giannis's age, and I think he was very much a father figure for him. Then the next regime comes in, and it's Kid and his staff, and I think Kid being a former star player and kind of nurturing that out of Giannis, they were very tight because when they fired Kid, he went to Jason Kidd and said, what can I do to help you save your job? And Kid told him, you know, don't worry about it. This is how the league works. He had, like I said, he had a good relationship with Bud, but I don't think it was tight. 
I don't think they were tight. It didn't transcend basketball. No, no. Okay. Um, and I think Giannis had that with Darvin Ham, former player, father son age range, maybe you know, or or at the very least, very big brotherish, right. um, and was able to challenge Giannis. Those three guys had played in the league, and I think what you're seeing more and more in the NBA now is. This current era of players wants to play for guys who played in the league. They they just respect it more. I think that's crap. I think some of the greatest athletes ever don't know as much about the sport they play as a lot of people think. Uh, I think they're just very talented. Um, Magic Johnson tried coaching. It was a disaster. <laughs> Michael Jordan's tried owning a team. It's been a disaster. Um you know, there's been some pretty shitty players that have turned into really, really good coaches. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson was not a good player for the Knicks. He was a bench guy. He won nine titles. You know, Steve Kerr, bench guy. Look at his success with Golden State. So I think that's what Giannis was looking for. And and the, it sounds like Nurse, Griffin, and uh, Atkinson were the three finalists. Um, when Nick Nurse... "Quote unquote," bowed out of contention. I think oh, he I knew that. he knew two things. He knew he was going to get the Philly job, and he also knew that he didn't want to lose out to his assistant, Adrian Griffin. Um, but the story is, um, Giannis had dinner with all these guys. Apparently, he came notebook in hand, and he was very thorough with them. Doesn't shock me. And um, really, really pushed for Griffin. Really liked him. Um, Griffin actually started his coaching career yes, in under, Milwaukee under Scott Skiles yep. in Milwaukee at the like 08 to 10 roughly. Right. Um, but I I like it. It's it's new blood. Um, I think it's going to help with player development. And back to culture, I think the culture in Milwaukee is pretty good and is pretty firm as long as this group is together. I think Giannis Brooke. Middleton, Drew, Connaughton, they that culture is kind of built. Portis, they, these guys want a title, um, but there's little tweaks you can make, things you can implement. You know, tweaks to the offense, not being as predictable in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, some of it's still going to be personnel issued, obviously, uh, but I like what they did yesterday as well, which was hiring Terry Stotts to be Griffin's lead assistant. And Terry Stotts, another former mm-hmm. Buck coach, Buck head coach, uh, I think this is a fantastic hire because if you're going to have a first year, first time head coach, you got to have veteran assistance. Terry Stotts has won a lot of games in the NBA, won a lot of games with the Bucks, won a shitload of games with Portland, was on George Carl's staff back in Seattle in the 90s before they came to Milwaukee together, was on Carlisle's staff in Dallas when they beat LeBron in the finals. So. That's a nice mix. I wouldn't be surprised to see them hire one more veteran assistant. I was disappointed to see that Boston got Cassell. I was, I was dying for Sammy to come home. But I, I like what they've done so far. I, you know, interestingly, Middleton was in the meetings as well, which leads you to believe he's going to be back. Still be there, yes. Whether it's picking up his option or declining and signing a extension. short-term extension. Yep. Um, so I think this Bucks team is going to come back pretty much intact because I don't think there's a lot they can do. The 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 one to watch is is Brooke. Um, you know somebody could throw a bunch of money at him. Who knows? 
but I think everybody at this point will be back. Although I did see Grayson Allen put his house up for sale, so maybe he knows something we don't. Interesting. Um, but okay. you, you never can tell with that. One one last sure. NBA thing before we go. So this is just weird. <laughs> so yesterday Adam Silver was on with the, the NBA TV crew, just kind of talking about the state of the league. And Barkley brought up this midseason tournament. He's basically like, explain to me what this is. So it's they're stealing it from soccer leagues in Europe, okay? And basically they're not extending the season. So it's still going to be an 82-game season, but there are going to be certain games within the 82-game season that count as part of this tournament, okay? okay. So if the Bucks play the Bulls on Tuesday night, December 9th, it could be a tournament game. Like, I don't know how we're supposed to know the difference of this. I don't know how they're going to do this, but that's what he said. And then at the end of all of the tournament games, when that is, I have no idea. How many that is, I have no idea. The f- teams with the four best records are going to go to a neutral site somewhere and play a Final Four for a trophy that's not the NBA championship. And Barkley's looking at him like, why would any player or team want to do this? Because, like, if I'm trying to win a championship and we've already got load management, we've already got guys sitting out, why wouldn't I just have him sit those games out? Because why do I want to have to go to this new, like... What does this mean to me? And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's not, it's not going to add any games to the schedule. And, you know, there's going to be a financial reward at the end. And it's substantial. And it's like, really? You're going to bribe these guys with money to play in this stupid-ass tournament that nobody asked for? I find it to be really dumb. As a guy who has run tournaments before, how it usually works is, no matter if it's double elimination or what, there are some teams that don't play the same amount of games. So how do you ensure in a tournament that everybody's going to play the same number I don't know. if you're not going to make any alterations to the schedule? Yeah, it's very weird. We're, well, and like even what's the timeline here? Because if I'm a team, I don't want this tournament going on past the All-Star break because after the All-Star break... I'm trying to fix my team up. I'm trying to make a run to win a a, a real title. Mm -hmm. So is this going to be in the first half of the season? I I, I just, I don't know. They haven't given very many details. The details they have given are not good. I mean, this is out of the commissioner's mouth. Right. So, and and Barkley Barkley and Shaq were just kind of looking at each other like, I wouldn't have played in this shit. (laughs) You know, like... Speak, what is the point of this? Speaking a foreign language yeah, at this what is, point. What is the point? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't didn't really realize that. Um, not much to really talk about in baseball. We talked about the 14 players who are on injured reserve for the Brewers, but yet they're still in first place. The Cardinals are way – they just got – They have the sw- worst record in the National League. Swept in Pittsburgh in three games. Yep. Um. You know, the the Reds are, are there, the Pirates are there, and then it's the Cubs and the Cardinals. What's happening? I'm not sure. I kind of am leaning toward, I think the National League is not that great. Okay. It seems that the best teams in baseball are in the American League. Um, 
or the National League is good and everybody's beating up on each other. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not. I, I think the Central is weak. <laughs> I think that um, I think Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, I, I, I think they'll eventually peter out. I don't think they have the horses to go the whole year. And the Cardinals are the kind of team that will they're not going to rest where they are. They'll do something to try to get back in the mix. But I'll be surprised if the Brewers don't win the division because I don't think the division's very good. And I and I, I still don't know what to make of this Brewer team. Can they keep bringing guys up? Because it seems it seems like we talked about this last year, where it's they find somebody, whether it's off the scrap heap or they bring somebody up, and somebody has a monster game and it propels them to a win. But it's always somebody different. I mean, I kind of feel like Mister Rogers' word of the day, but it kind of goes back to culture. I mean, the Brewers obviously have a culture there where, like, we don't really give a shit where you played yesterday. You're in the lineup today, and you're expected to produce. And if you don't produce, we'll send you down, and we'll go get a different guy and put him in the lineup. I mean, that dude that got hurt yesterday that was playing short, I don't know who the hell that is. Never heard of him. And then, okay. Because he got punched in the face. Just a side note here, by the way. Just a just a message to that guy whose name I cannot remember if you're listening to the intentional foul where you find all your podcasts. If you've been in the minor leagues like your whole life as a baseball player and you get called up to the major leagues and you get hit in the mouth by a backhand on a steal attempt, don't lay in the dirt and writhe around like you just got hit by a sniper so that everybody, they have to stop the game come out, look at you, then you go back in the dugout, and they take you out of the game because they think you might have had a concussion? Are you shitting me? <laughs> what? It's an epidemic in sports. This shit where, like, dudes just lie on the floor or lie on the field. It's like, get, unless something is torn, broken, or you literally got knocked out, get up. Get up. Because that guy, I don't know how much longer he's going to be on the Brewers, but he cost himself yesterday. And you know what? He probably won't play today. Come on, man. Get up. Yeah, I uh, I saw the replay when we were out. It's like, okay, we great. Out. You got a backhand in the lip. Right. You know how many times dudes get elbowed in the fucking mouth in basketball? Or how many times, like, a dude gets something bent the wrong way in a football pile? Like, Keep dude, playing. get up. Keep playing. Keep playing baseball soft, <laughs> but no, I I don't know, man. Like, I still don't know what to make of this Brewer team. And you know, you could tell me, well, they're not whole; they've got all these injuries. But you know, with the exception of Woodruff, and I guess Garrett Mitchell, who are they missing that they're really missing? I mean, right now today they're missing Adamus, but Adamus has been there the whole year, with the exception of the last couple of games, right? So, and he's going to be back. Maybe as soon as tomorrow. Was that Monasterio, the yes. shortstop? There you go. Is he? He's playing tonight. He's playing. Well, I guess he got the cobwebs out. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the Brewers are the kind of team that can beat the bad teams, and they struggle with the good ones. That that's kind of where I've seen them this year. Mm-hmm. But some of the teams that I thought were good, like San Diego, maybe they're not good. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they got. Did they get one from the Rays, I yep. think? Yep. Down there. I'm one from to... the Rays, Thanks. one from the Blue Jays. Yep. Are the Blue Jays good? The Red Sox swept yep. them. They still got to play the Yankees. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, they went out west. The Giants have kicked their ass. Um, Arizona handled them pretty good. And those teams, you know, Arizona's pretty good this year. So the interesting thing, I had a buddy send me a link to an article he read about to watch the Brewers around the trade deadline to potentially package Burns and Adamas together. Holy moly. I immediately said no way. Um, I don't know because immediately I say no way because they're not going to be out of it. And number two, you cannot two years in a row make a trade like that while you're in contention and tell your fan base you're trying to win a title. Right. You can't. I don't even think you can trade one of those guys right now and tell me tell me or anybody that. I would agree with and you. And I'm not even the biggest Adamas fan. I think he's a, a, a good but not great player. Like, you can't hit 220 and tell me you're great. I'm sorry. Um, unless you're hitting 75 home runs. But um, I, I just don't think you could make that kind of a deal and not have some kind of a revolt. I mean, wouldn't... How how would you take something like that? Like horribly, horribly. Like didn't didn't we already do this? Oh hey, here's here. here and they just wait, sent me another season ticket package. And here. wait a minute, you we got what for it? Like I, if they, uh, well, I'm I, trying to do the logistics of the whole thing, and it's well, it's funny. I heard somebody talking about the hater trade on the radio the other day, and they're like, well, you know. The hater trade led to that estuary Ruiz, which led to Wilson Contreras. So if you don't make that trade, you don't have Contreras. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll take hater. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He's given up like two runs in 25 innings this year. I'm I'm fine. You can keep Contreras. Uh, uh, he he's a nice player, but uh, you know we're not gonna see his number hanging up next to Yount Mounter. So everybody, is he, you know, is he better than Lucroy? No. Okay. That's the thing with this Brewer team that kind of drives you nuts. It's like Yelich is supposed to be the star that that has the big years. They don't have anybody. You've just – I'm, like, unresponsive over here because you've just blown my mind. Like, I'm – What, the hater trade? Oh, it's still, yeah. like, the, the Adamas and yeah. the Burns. And, like, I'm it's just a lot. Go, I'm going through it, and, like, I, I'm not even hearing what you you're saying. Go, you I'm, want me to walk out and get a drink, let you process this? <laughs> I think that might be another another hour for me just to get through because it's, like, even, even imagining that. You can't six degrees of separation a trade three times down the road. That's just not how it works. I know. You have to just call the trade that you made. That's it. That's all we're discussing. Oh, man. But, I think my eye, my pupils got a little dilated there for some. <laughs> wow. But, you know, that's the thing. It's like you look around at some of the really good teams in the majors, and they've all got a guy or sometimes two. Who's the Brewers guy? I don't know. It's not Colin Ray. I mean, no. Hauser's been good since he's come back, but he's. Hasn't been back that long. No. He pitched really good yesterday. Yeah. Or, well, yeah, yesterday. Teheran, they just got off the heap. Yep. You know. But oh, Burns has been, he's been okay. okay. Peralta's, Peralta's been, been okay. Yeah. You know. Um, Owen Miller's been Yeah, Owen Miller. Really I mean, shit, good. he's like, him or Telez is probably the all-star. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, other than that, there hasn't been much. Honestly. Ryan Anderson's cooled off. Weimer cooled off, and now he's kind of on a little bit of a mini resurge. But he, he's kind of playing not a necessity. Yeah, and you know. Terang, is he hurt? Well, he's he's struggling. 
How soon do we get Churio up here for well, something? I mean, we can't even know. fit him in. How many more people need to get injured? I don't know. Before we finally make a call. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and it'll be interesting to see if Terang and, and Weimer, at what point do they say, yeah, you guys got to go Don't down out. and we need the roster spot for somebody else. Might not be till trade deadline time, but. Is Keston here still on the team? Like at the, at the, at the minor level? Well, he got hurt. Level? He was hitting real well and he got hurt. So I don't know how long he's out. Travis, or uh, Tyrone Taylor, he's hurt. Yeah, his elbow just started acting up again. I, Freilich's still out. Yes. Mitchell's out for the yep. year. So, yeah, they do. They got a lot of guys hurt, but but all these guys, half of them, we don't even know who they are. No. They called up that Monasterio guy, and I'm like, who? Like, I didn't even hear his name at the lo- at the double or triple A but, level. But I didn't I, even know. But I even mean, like, Weimer, Terang, uh, Mitchell, Freilich, Churio. Like, we know them by name. Yes. I'm saying we don't even know if they're major league players. Joey Weimer's hitting like 190. I'm rooting. The, I'm rooting for him, and I think he's got a nice future. But he's hitting 190, and he's hitting 190 because he's a kid. He wasn't even supposed to be on the roster at this point. So, I don't know. You're in first with that. Like the bottom of their lineup yesterday, it was like 205 to 190. <laughs> Those were the batting averages. I'm like, oh, that's rough. Somehow they have a chance to sweep the Reds tonight. These uh, these wraparound series, the Cubs have one with the Padres and the Brewers have one with the Reds, and I don't think either team, maybe the Cubs did, but the Brewers didn't play Memorial Day, which I thought was odd. First time since, like, 03, something like that, that they hadn't played on Memorial Day? That's very, very weird. It sucks when your baseball team doesn't play on Memorial Day. Right. Because it's just something when you're outside, you're doing shit, you can throw it on the radio and yep. just have it on. I missed that this year. I, I did as well, big time. Big time. All right, you got anything more on baseball? I don't think so. No. Um, little Badgers uh, football recruiting. I'm I'm reading that they're going to be they're going to be having a busy June. They've already got two guys in the last 24 hours that have committed. One's a corner, 6-2. They're now going and I've I've read the Badgers beat writers. They're going for tall corners in the big for for the Big 10. They got a three-star guy from Florida. And I don't know who just committed. I saw it on Twitter right before we had uh, started recording, but I didn't really take notice. But they got a guy to commit there. And I thought it was really interesting. They got another basketball player from Minnesota, that Daniel Freitag kid, who held a scholarship offer from guard and from Fickle because mm-hmm. he's a good wide receiver. A little undersized, like 6'2", mm-hmm. 165, 185. Not sure he would have held up. In D one, maybe there would be a position change. I want to say, I want to say he had dual scholarships from Bucky, Minnesota, and I think Notre Dame. Oh. I know, I know Notre Dame was looking at him for football. I'm not okay. sure about basketball, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like the kid's a heck of an athlete. If you're getting, you know, full rides to Power Five schools no in two sports, but there are a lot of teams after him in basketball. Yeah, um, and uh, but he's going to be a point point guard for guard. Uh, he's going to go to uh, a Southern California Academy for his senior year. He's going to leave his Bloomington team at his high school to just focus on basketball, which... Well, okay. yeah, he, he fits the mold of what we always talk about with the Badgers, the old plug-in, the next guy. He's the next Chucky. He's going to play under Chucky for one year, and then here you go, Chucky 2. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's that. I don't know. Anything else? Uh, I did see that Fickle's uh, 
Kids enrolled at Madison Edgewood. Twins. So you will be calling their games, um, hopefully for basketball if they uh, yeah, if we're play, gonna do ba- the if Craig they play game. basketball. Right, if we're going to do a Craig game. Um, and then you can interview Luke Fickle at halftime and ask him why he didn't recruit Jake Schaffner. Um, no, other than that, that's that's kind of about yeah, it. I mean, do you want to touch anything yeah. on your baseball stuff? God, we were just watching the... Watching the news before we started recording here, and immediately the the weather forecast comes on, and they show a big green and orange spot over Madison tomorrow morning at ten thirty. Which Craig and um, uh, Burlington are supposed to play at ten o'clock. You know, I I went to my app, and it's like yeah, thirty to forty percent chance at that hour, but still, it, you know, it goes back to the conversation that you and I were having before we started rolling. It's like. I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to get set up, and I'm going to have a pop-up tent right near the backstop with a table and chairs that they're going to provide me, and I don't have any other protection from the elements if it starts raining. And I have thousands of dollars worth of equipment that it's going to be under that pop-up tent. I'm going to have to bring a tarp and Mm. pray I can at least put it over top of that and it doesn't blow away and all the stuff gets soaked, or maybe I just won't do it. Maybe I'll just leave it in there until I know it's it's good to go. I I, I don't know what I'm going to do at this point, but it's freaking yeah, me it's out. Risky. And it's really irritating when a place like Oregon applies to host a sectional for baseball, which consists of three games. They don't do this in softball, which I thought was a little odd, but but they need the they need the pitching rest. Even though Hannah Boley threw 286 pitches over the course of two days, Jesus for against Waterford. I guess it's a, it game. doesn't matter if it's underhand. <laughs> Your shoulder does <laughs> just just wow. yeah yeah. But when you apply to do a ten o'clock, a one o'clock, and a four o'clock, and you have no semblance of a press box, you have a little dugout area for the PA guy and the scoreboard. That's it. And I get it, we are an anomaly on how we cover high school sports. There's no other radio stations coming to cover Union Grove or Waterford or Burlington. It's just us covering Janesville. And Mm -hmm. it seems like it's just us until you go west and it's our other big radio stations. Nobody really covers the teams in Madison either, um, to an extent that we do. But it's really frustrating because you get, sectionals is a big deal. It's for the right to go to state. You should be at a facility that has adequate space and an area to do stuff like this. And for Oregon to host it twice in a row with no press box, to me, is kind of insulting to media members because there's nowhere for us to go, especially when we're going to be out in the elements. Sun Prairie is a great facility, great field. They don't have a press box either. I'd Which be, is really surprising. I know it is. And I'd be just as irritated if I had to go up there. Yeah, you know, Middleton, you can look in back of the stadium because it's like the football press box overlooks on the back the diamond. They still have a window and counter space and whatever. We can make do with that. But I mean, there's not a lot of places that have press boxes. And to me, you shouldn't be allowed to host if you don't have available facilities. Well, and at least if you get to the sectional level, I mean, right? You, Regionals you know, is one thing. You earned home field there, advantage. There are. In most places, there is an alternative option. You know, like you brought up, ABC Supply Field in Beloit would be a great place to hold the sectional for this this uh, this area. Yeah, but 
you know, then then they have to agree, and Major League Baseball has to agree every year to make sure that they're on the road at that time. And then you got a small window; you got to fit everything in. So I get it, but and, and if you're the school, you're charged with employing the people to run it. Oh, really? Which we all know that if you're Beloit Memorial, that's not. Well, you happen. don't have to really worry about playing in the state tournament. So, but or I mean, in the sectional final. you need to hire people, or you need yeah, volunteers to work it for sure. And and do you think that's going to be easy for them to find? No way. Yeah. So I, I'm going to send an email to the WIAA, and, and I don't know what kind of response but I'm going to get, but I'm just kind of curious. How many people put in for this, and why did you choose Oregon? If it's, well, they're the only ones that put in for it, well, then that's really disappointing. You know, because there are 14 teams, I think, in the sectional, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't know why, maybe 16, I don't know. Yeah, 14. But I don't know why it just went to them for another year in a row, so I'm I'm really kind of dreading getting out there tomorrow if we get inclement weather. Um, Take the box truck. You guys could do it out of the back of the truck. Oh, my God. Just can you picture Bear and I just up in that bread truck? Just hanging out with it, was sitting in a lawn chair. Jeez. Bear eating a bit of honeys. Because I didn't have enough problems on Thursday <laughs> with the lack of available connection down at Riverside. And that's another thing. Like, you know, you and I are, are getting to the point where we're – we're not seeing crowded gyms, but we're running into more technical issues. Like, we had a good run for a while when we got our new equipment where we didn't have to worry about anything. Now we're kind of, I faced some hiccups football season, a couple times in basketball and a couple lately in baseball where it's maybe the technology is starting to catch up and we might need to be looking at alternatives, which we haven't had the system forever. But. Well, the, the older schools... Uh, when we do the the basketball stuff, have been the problem. When we've gone to like the new Sun Prairie, the yep. new Verona, those are fine. Right. But it's sometimes when we get into you know La Follette uh, Memorial, some of those older Madison schools, and and you got to remember too, those gymnasiums are in the middle, middle of the school. It's not like at Craig where it's on the outside wall. Though, like Madison Memorial, Madison La Follette, you're dead ass in the middle of a yep. building. It's hard to get a. It's hard to get the signal out of there and. You know, it sucks when you're sitting there and you know that the the broadcast sounds like shit, especially yep. a big game, you know. Right. So I, I'm I'm worried about what tomorrow's gonna bring. I don't know what's gonna happen. Craig's got a good a good shot to go to state if if they face Waterford, if they beat Burlington, Waterford's got a guy who can can throw in the mid nineties, he's got on a scholarship to Arkansas, might get drafted high. Um but I'd, I'd love to return trip to Appleton. They're not combining it over the course of three days this year at State. They're stretching it to four. Oh, good. Which, of course, Barry bitched about because then he'd have to drive back and yeah, forth. Yeah, but some. That, that, that whole thing, it's one of the biggest problems I've had with, with State uh, tournament baseball in Wisconsin is when you get to these championship games, nobody's got any pitching left. We saw that in the Milton game last year. It was a Bayport. Bayport, Bayport it, threw a kid who hadn't thrown an inning all year, and he no. got absolutely demolished. Yeah, and it's like this is a state championship game. They should have their best guys on the mound for this game, if and, at all possible. And not only that, but I told Bear at least we won't, we won't be calling a game at one a.m. You shouldn't be penalized because you get up to state and you play other good teams, and you got to use some pitching, right? Yes. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. After that, I'm looking forward to a little quiet time before football. Um, starts up which is in mid-August and I tell you it's going to be here before you know it well, I know I the other day I was like it's going to be the middle of June and I will have done nothing I've golfed once same here that's it the hell happened to me we don't need to start that conversation old, old and lazy 
That is our program for today. We made it an hour barely. Thank you for listening. We'll be back sometime. Um, yeah, until then, I'm Josh. Dan. We'll talk to you sometime. Thank you. Come on, Brewers. Get healthy and hot. Let's go.